From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in adoptable, belongable Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. For this roundtable episode, our topics are Glitch's immersion program, work-life balance for indie devs, and we'll go over some tools of the trade. And so, if everyone's ready, let's start. Okay, we're recording this episode on the eve of the Global Game Jam. Oh yeah, it starts <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> so excited! <laughs> so, um, if, if you come across us after this moment <laughs> when we aren't quite ourselves that might be why yes that definitely will be why what do you, you guys have any like any must do's any plans for what you want to get accomplished uh i mean learning is always my goal yeah. with these game jams um i always like to uh and we've talked about it on a previous episode but i always like to uh work with people i haven't worked with before mm-hmm. so i'm looking forward to that I'm looking forward to having my boyfriend be do his first game jam. So yeah. that's going to be super exciting to uh, guide him through the awesome and sometimes frustrating and confusing process. Yeah, that's going <laughs> to nice. be fun. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe that's the exciting part. I suppose so. I suppose so. I thought I had, I thought I had some ideas like I do this, this or this. And I've since forgotten all that. So <laughs> we'll see. Um, Stephen, you wanted to do like an, uh, something with narrative. Yeah, yeah. Which is congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna try it. It has to has to have some kind of mechanics. I'm hoping I don't have to do like a visual novel, but mm-hmm. I'll just I'm kind of just gonna go with the flow. Yeah, we'll see. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so I mean, part of the reason why I'm so out of it and forgotten everything I knew is because uh, we'll talk about this in our first topic. But uh, Glitch's immersion program just ended, and um, and I um, I documented it. I'm making a uh, a documentary about the immersion program and the people who went through it, and it's totally drained me. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a two week intense program. Yeah, so it's, it's and you had to be there and watch and film all of it. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. We'll get into that a little later. Um, before we do, I want a little bit more, Martha. I want to talk to you about what you've been up to lately. You've been posting uh, voxel art. Oh yeah, right. Tell us about it. <laughs> well, uh, I've been doing some experiment experiments making. Uh, some stuff in Magicka Voxel, mm-hmm. uh, which I'll talk about a little bit later in the tools section. Uh, really cool program. Uh, and learning how to make uh, it animate and stuff like that in Blender. So Ooh. I've gotten the, the bones in the little voxel person. Hey. And I can move it around, but I have, have to figure out how to like record it moving mm-hmm. now. That's cool. So, That's interesting. Yeah. So when you, when you rig a voxel character, does it animate like a Minecraft character does, or does do the do the actually vo- does it remain sort of voxely? Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like like you're you're saying, does it voxely do this? Or you can't see. Yeah, people can't see. Um, <laughs> are you asking, does it bend or yeah, does it stay yeah. square? Mm-hmm. I've put pretty square bones in it, so right now it's just it moves very statically, okay. robotically. Oh, um, okay. Um, which is kind of the look I was going for. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, well, I guess Lego movies are now kind of, they make the people actually bend. Mm. Mm-hmm. You mean like the Lego movie? Right. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> well, and like the Lego games and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's stop motion is kind of what you're going for, what you're saying. Yeah, oh, it's just something cute looking. Ah, okay. And square. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet, but mm-hmm. that's uh, learning skills. So, yeah, well, we'll post uh, some of the one- ones you tweeted out because they're really cool to see. 
Ah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's get into the first topic. It's uh, it's on Glitch's immersion program. So um, it's partly because it's all I've been thinking about the past two weeks. So it's all I'm prepared to talk about. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we have each gone through this program. Mm-hmm. So uh, Glitch runs this this program, and it's now this is a third iteration they just completed. Uh, Martha and I were in the first one a year ago. Manatees. <laughs> manatees. <laughs> yeah, manatee pride. Yeah, of course, manatees. Um, Steven, you were in the second one over yes. the summer. You're digital otters. That's right. I guess, but nobody else knows that but me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hate to disappoint you both, but like the third group, like doesn't even have a name. Oh, what? I know. You guys, we you really, come up with I know, a name. we really tried to, we tried to make that a thing and it didn't happen. <laughs> oh. Um, but anyway, the program is, it's an intensive program that Glitch runs, 20 people per cohort. And um, it's a, a some number of weeks. It, it, they're updating it each time. This last one was two weeks every day for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, a different series of, I guess you'd say, 101 courses, right? Learn a little about Unity, learn about PR, learn about uh, business and games, learn about prototyping, about, uh, a, a huge way, range of topics yeah. just to get your feet wet um, as an emerging game dev. And it, um, I know for, for me, it was one of the first programs that taught me like, the potential of Glitch. And the, and the and brought me into the community here, and so it was really valuable to me. And so it was a privilege to be able to film and document um, a, a another cohort, sort of doing getting that same their their feet wet the way I did. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great. So I want to talk to you guys both about your experiences with that program, how you came to it, what you got out of it, and anything else. So I don't have to talk for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> um, well. I, I guess my immersion program, I started after you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, second year, uh, digital otters, what, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it, I, I, I'm not exactly sure how the first one was, but like I was, it was a really amazing experience for me because it was in aspects of game development that I don't think about normally. You know, I, I'm the game design mechanics dude uh, here around Glitch. Uh, but I was exposed to marketing tools and uh, project management and art things. I did some stuff in what was it? Not not it was 3D Max, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought I, for for the longest time I thought I wanted to do 3D modeling, and then I did that in the immersion program. And I realized I didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like it's just it's a lot of it's a lot of it's a lot of fun stuff. Just a whole wide variety of game dev things. Mm-hmm. that you can use um one of these days we got to get them to make certificates or something so we can like yeah put it in our portfolios or whatever <laughs> um, well it's not an accredited institution i suppose in fact one of the things that uh uh i was told was one of the uh, one of the advantages of the immersion program is it you can't you know if you're a college student you it, it's not part of that thing where you get like a college credit or, or internship stuff like that mm-hmm. and that actually is sort of freeing for the program it can mm-hmm. be a little bit more open-ended it can be iterative it doesn't have to maintain a, a, a same standard each time oh i suppose um, so so th- there is some advantages to being flexible the and iterative the way that game development is yeah that's true mm-hmm. yeah that's a fair point um I, i'm curious the changes between the first and the second cohorts though i mean i only experienced second so <laughs> <laughs> well uh the first cohort was a lot of them figuring stuff out mm-hmm. so we got to do a lot of um like feedback i, I think nick still does that because he, oh, yeah. he really likes There's getting a, feedback yeah um but it felt like we helped shape a lot of stuff that happened because we could be like, ah, oh, this was really, really, really good. Please keep this in here. Or like, this is really good in this part, but this part, like, could we, it would be best if, better if it went like this or, or something like that. Um, 
So, and ours was a little bit different in that we we weren't every day. It was like no, we were twice a week for yeah. like a month. That's how ours for, was too. Oh, okay, for a couple months. Like yeah. Oh, really? For two two yeah. months? It was for a while. Oh, like, okay. We only did ours for about a month. Mm-hmm. So, huh? Interesting. Well, maybe it was like six or seven weeks. It's something like that. Yeah, it was. It felt like a long time. And they hadn't come up with the, so at the end of the immersion program now, there's mm-hmm. this really awesome, uh, you experienced it, yes. Stephen, the, uh, what's it called? Test, uh, test, test, run? test run? Yeah. Well, the capstone project, I guess, is what they call it when you're working on the project. But it's basically a 24-hour game jam. But at the end of the game jam, you also have to present it to a group. That was the part so that cool. was <laughs> nerve-wracking for me. I can do 24-hour game jam, whatever. But then you got to, like, after you do all that and you have no sleep, you have to prepare <laughs> an actual speech <laughs> it's not easy <laughs> uh yeah for our group uh the first group we it was about this time last year and uh so at the end uh, it was global game jam and so uh it was optional it wasn't part of the immersion program but i think pretty much everybody participated um the, the after the program a lot of us did the global game jam and you leveraged what we learned then but uh since then it has now been become institutionalized in the, the immersion program that there is a 24-hour game jam at the end uh, starting with your cohort, yep. Stephen. Yep. Um, and yeah, that's the thing that like we missed out on is really like that kind of specifically leveraging that stuff and not just the game development, but the presentation, the marketing, the PR stuff, all of that, um, the, the, the sort of business sense of it, because you had to present not just your game to the, to the, you know, the, the, the public audience who would come to test run um, having no sleep for the last day, <laughs> but you're not just the game, but you had to present like what a, your business model might be mm-hmm. or, you know, like how, uh, how you might promote it or raise money. And like, that is something that it was, is a really interesting addition that was even further refined, uh, this time. Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. It's well, at my experience, it was really stressful. Not during, like I said, not during the game jam. Cause I was with a really cool group of people. Uh, and so it was, it was pretty easy. I was actually more of a producer sort of thing. I kind of just led people and made sure we were on task. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the, like the whole experience was amazing because I just got to really get to know this group of people. Really. And like they were, just, they were just a cool group of people to know. Everybody in the immersion program was cool. Mm-hmm. Cool to know. Um, and I really like that about it is that it's so diverse. There's so many people from different disciplines and yeah. backgrounds. It's, it's, really, it's really an amazing program. Yeah, that was definitely, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, so, it's so backgrounded now, but that is really the main thing about it, is meeting the people. Mm-hmm. Um, Martha, you and I are friends because of the immersion program. It's true. Like, I mean, we probably would have became friends, but that's what started our friendship. And, uh, and that's true of many other people in that, in that group. And uh, man, it's just so invaluable, like that, that experience, just on top of the actual learning, and the, the actual, you know, the, the coursework. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So what was the third cohort like? Oh, man, it was a super cool bunch of kids. Yeah. And I say kids because I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, you know, wide, uh, wide backgrounds, Mm -hmm. right? Not just of different disciplines, um, you know, uh, different uh, personal backgrounds, uh, ages, races, uh, genders, all that. Like just a great diverse group of people from all brought something really interesting. Each one of them It's Mm. really kind of incredible. And I got to interview them one on one, and I got to watch them like go through the sort of the trials and tribulations, and I got to stay up with them all night during the the twenty four hour jam, 
and watch them and see them in their PJs, and like, <laughs> see them interact with each other and, and like watch friendships form. Huh. And I'm looking at the footage now going through just ugh, it's two terabytes of footage. And I'm oh like, my wow, God. <laughs> you know, yeah, pray for me. Um, and just seeing people at the beginning, at the middle, at the end, it's, a, it's I kind of, I, I, this is what I wanted to see. But now that I see it, it's kind of incredible. Um, and the thing I'm most hoping for, and uh, yesterday was the final day of immersion. Uh, the group came back in to do sort of um, the recap session, which uh, our, each of our cohorts did as well. Um, so no pressure, nothing to learn, just chat and discuss and sort of like wrap up. And so I interviewed a lot of the people there and I asked them like, you know, now that you're, now that you've done this, you're part of this community, you're going to stick around. And all, they're all, they're all like, yes, this, I belong here now. Wow. And that was just incredible yeah. to, to see in here. That is so cool. Mm-hmm. So, so cool. And a lot of them are going to be having uh, part-time residencies at Glitch to continue working on the projects that they did uh, during the capstone, which that's new to this cohort. Um, they're getting just a little bit of money and some time uh, to sort of build out and kind of know what it's like to, at least in a small way, be a working game developer um, that, you know, setting their own schedules and deadlines and ambitions apart from the sort of stresses of 24 hour. And so, um, Man, that's gonna be fun to see. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that is that is so cool. How? But how did they feel about the uh, the two week session though? Ah, so there's some mixed feelings about that. Okay. So so um, Martha and I ours was twice a week for a number of weeks. Twice weeks for you. Yep. Two? Yep. Yep. And so with this one, it was every day for I guess eleven days, then two days off, and then the the, the recap. So pretty much every day for two weeks, and with no break. And there's two. Some people were like, "That is the best because I get to." This is just my life now. <laughs> um, some of the people responded by saying, yeah, I just, it gave me the, the permission to put my life on hold and only do this. And other people said, well, I, want, I would love a day off to like think about what I've learned mm. instead of going right to the next session and have to learn something new. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, and what's great is uh, Nick, uh, who here at Glitch runs the program, is uh, really invested in feedback and iteration and um, and apparently one of the reasons why they did this condensed timeline was feedback from your group, Stephen, okay. who yeah. uh, many of you said that you would have liked it more condensed. And so um, I think this is probably the most extreme it gets in that case. <laughs> I think um, my, my suggestion would be to be like maybe three, four days on a day or two off, you know, kind of losing yeah. it up just a hair. Um, but it definitely, I will say it definitely did bring these people together very quickly um, and very like definitively, yeah. Like they, I mean, they went through war together almost. It's yeah, kind of that yeah. kind of thing. That was kind um, of the complaint I had about it. Was well, not a complaint per se, but like mm-hmm. I, I felt like I didn't get to know the people as much as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I got to know the people I worked on on the twenty four hour game jam, but uh, aside from that, I feel like I would have loved to know more about all the other people in the immersion program sure, that I sure. was a part of. And so I, I think that like having it, I mean, it was really intense, but having it that intense makes you, yeah, like said, like a war battle thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think there are any other programs like the immersion program. Yeah, I did a little bit of looking just to see, if, and not really. I mean, I'm sure I'm missing something. I'd love to actually hear if somebody out there knows of something similar um, or you know, even related in some fashion, um, because it's, it does feel unique and interesting. And if there's anything else like that anywhere else, I would be. I would love to help spread the word about those things as well because mm-hmm. it's such an interesting and unique um, kind of thing to offer people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know. I mean, Martha, you, when you and I were in the group, like one of the things that we sort of independently, at, you know, amongst the group, we tried to go out to dinners afterward, and mm-hmm. we all kind of 
naturally sort of made an effort to remain in touch, even though our, ours was the least condensed of, of the programs. Mm-hmm. And like Stephen, you were saying, you're having some, a tough time sort of like getting to know everybody. Yeah, I suppose we didn't set up din- or dinners or lunches it, before. It's just like a... It, there's no strategy or, or way to do it. It's just, we, we, we kind of got lucky, but even then, like not everyone in our group stays in touch with us. So yeah, there's know. some people like, I feel like I got to know you really well. And I got mm-hmm. to know like Felix really well and a couple other people too. And, mm-hmm. and we sort of like just hung out all the time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's how we beca- became more friends. But there are some people who I have never seen again. Yeah. Oh, wow. So mm. that's kind of sad. So it's, I think it's good that, that having it more, condensed and i think it just feels like like the whole thing is because they've now done it three like three times they just have everything down yeah and uh during the recap session like during our recap session we did a huge sort of feedback everybody kind of like told nick what we thought it was a nice open airing of like was sort of like a playtest session in a sense and it was um that's the nick provides a great environment for people to be honest and open about feedback even if it's something they hated nobody feels like i love that about it um, but with this group, um, Nick told me like, no, I don't, I got really great responses to the feedback forms I sent. We don't really need to do that tonight. And I was kind of like, are you serious, Nick? Cause it was super valuable for, her. but the truth is, is that when I asked all these people during the interviews with them, uh, your program is the way it is because of the feedback from the last one, what feedback would you give so that the next group has an even a bad experience? Pretty much everyone was like, can't think anything. I think it, it pretty much nailed it. Like wow. a, a couple okay. people were like, I would have liked a day off. There was, I mean, everyone had little things, but for yeah. the most part, the prevailing attitude was like, and even with our group, Martha, the prevailing attitude was that like, oh yeah, two, two thumbs up. But hey, maybe could you? <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. But, with, but this group, it was they they had a they had a struggle to come up with anything they would have had done differently, and that doesn't mean there isn't ways to improve. But it, that's an incredibly good sign for the maturity of the program. Mm-hmm. And I'm really looking forward to further refinements and future cohorts. You know. Uh, basically bringing bodies into the community. Yeah, I love that. That's, just, that's its main, for, as far as I'm concerned, now that I'm a, an alumnus, <laughs> my, the main thing I want out of it is just more people hanging yeah. around. Yep, yep. Just more, yeah, larger community. That's yeah. what we really are looking for here. In fact, one of the, uh, uh, Kwame, well, his main feedback was, I wish more people could do it. Mm. And I was just like, I almost teared up a little bit. It's <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, I'll, you know, um, I did prepare, um, you know, preparing some video clips and, you know, it's going to be a long process editing this documentary, but um, we'll see what we can do about getting our listeners, uh, you know, a little bit of samples here and there of that as I work on that. Because um, I'm anxious to share with everybody what I saw. And we're um, anxious to see it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. We've got... Another topic we're going to get to, Stephen, this one's yours. Yes. Tell us all about it. Work-life balance. Ugh. <laughs> How do you do it? How do you do no it? No one knows. <laughs> How do you work on a video game outside of having a full-time job? Mm-hmm. Or I guess in my case, many jobs <laughs> instead of one full-time one. <laughs> I don't know how you guys do it, but I, am, I struggle sometimes. It's difficult. To deal with all of that stuff, the change your mindset after you've worked an eight hour day to work on something else. Yeah, it's hard to go from coding to coding more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is why I think I've been focusing more on doing art Mm. because it feels it's like a break from doing coding. Yeah. So I've been trying to do like a little bit every day or like not every day, but like when I don't know what to do. Like sitting down, like oh, I'm relaxing now. I'm like I could play Stardew Valley, <laughs> or 
which I choose a lot. <laughs> but or I could do one more like line on this drawing or watch one more video on how to do Adobe Animate or do one more video on uh how to do this thing in Unity or something. Mm-hmm. Um so I just try to do little chunks and then try to say that's okay that you only did you didn't make a whole game in one night. <laughs> like that's it's so hard because it feels like you're getting this like everywhere so slowly. It's mm, like, yeah. I have all the bones in the model now. That took two weeks to do. <laughs> Why is it taking so long? I have all these ideas and so many things I want to make. And there's just this, you know, full-time jobs take up so much of your time. Yeah. Um, but working a little bit at a time, you actually get somewhere after a while. Yeah. So. Yeah, that helps. I mean, I guess maybe having a milestone to get to. At a certain point, would probably be motivating to even get to that point, right? I, I assume so. <laughs> well, I, I mean, set. Uh, you put the bones in the thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a milestone. That's true. Yeah. So can I tweet about this? That's basically what I. Ah. I go to a point where I can tweet about it, and then. Yeah. Yeah, I found that like screenshot Saturdays and posting things to Slack or to Twitter, that is really motivating. <laughs> like to just to to. to Instead of just slog through some, to actually find those milestones, mm-hmm. um, even if they're sort of artificial, like because that gives you that boost. Yeah, I quite like that. Yeah, that helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's just difficult to keep yourself motivated when you have to go through the nine to five. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I, I I often find it's pretty difficult to switch between to just switch gears just because like well I mean I've got effectively three jobs if you include fingence mm-hmm. um well let's talk a little bit about each of our schedules oh, and yeah. workloads like steven go first what's on your plate yeah sure uh so uh in the morning i work at an architecture and engineering firm i'm basically an office manager so i do that for about four hours and then i head over to concrete software and i am a qa intern um so i test games for forever uh <laughs> well for four hours and i mean it's super fun sometimes and sometimes it's really frustrating uh the other day i was working on a i was really just trying to get two ios devices to play multiplayer <laughs> for about three hours <laughs> so that was exciting stuff yeah uh and, and then at that point um i come back here to glitch and i work on vengeance or other things sometimes i just relax and play games because mm-hmm. i'm sick of it <laughs> but um that's my schedule martha uh i work at the minnesota senate and uh it takes me an hour and 15 minutes hour and a half to get there on the bus um so i do a lot of commuting and when i commute i play ga- phone games and uh try to think up game designs and stuff mm-hmm. um and then i work supposed to be nine to five but mm-hmm. we can fudge that a little bit <laughs> uh, well for me I, I work in an advertising firm uh, called wonder minutes in richfield and i drive there from minneapolis and it's 12 minutes and i can't stand it <laughs> i'm such a baby in traffic <laughs> i've never I, this is the first i've ever worked from home before and um uh yeah that's a it's a it's a it's called it's like full-time freelance so i pick my hours but it's pretty much 30 to 40 hours um, and I, you know, um, it's, so it's, it's flexible enough for me and I like that. Um, and then I come here to glitch uh, in the afternoons or evenings and I work on my game or I go home and work on my game. Um, but that's pretty, I mean, 
It's a lot simpler of a setup than you have, Stephen. <laughs> I suppose. Um, when I'm going between jobs, I um, oftentimes I'm thinking about the designs of uh, characters or whatever in uh, Vengeance and other projects too. So it's kind of nice. And both of the jobs I have are very mundane. So sometimes I have just while I'm just, I don't know, running into a wall in a concrete or mm-hmm. sitting checking emails at Betty Associates. Uh, I, I I have enough brain power to uh, spend time thinking about the stuff I'm going to do um, in Fingence. Mm-hmm. So in in some ways, it's nice just okay. to have those mundane activities to not pay attention to. Okay, I see. Yeah. So I mean, you're you, in at Vetti's particularly. I imagine you're mm-hmm. like on call, so like yeah. you can your your presence is what the job requires. So yeah. You can you can use some of your brain power on you know other things. Yep. Without without it's not you're like not slacking off or anything. Right. 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 Yeah. I'm just there in case. It's it's flexible, no. which is nice. Uh, but sometimes you just have to be there, and sometimes it's stressful. And I don't have that uh, time. I don't have that chance to think about things or communicate with my team or something. Mm-hmm. And so at those points, it's it's kind of hard. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. It, I can't. I can't imagine that like working a eight hour day on uh, more difficult tasks, or not necessarily more difficult, but more brain taxing tasks mm-hmm. would be any easier i don't know it sometimes is like um the worst parts of my job are when i don't have a lot to do um because um like if i'm waiting for an afternoon meeting and i know i have no other work for the day mm-hmm. i gotta stick around i can't go home even if i don't have a lot to do mm-hmm. and i get paid hourly and i i hate 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 getting paid for nothing mm-hmm. like it yeah, those are the days that drive me nuts. When I have like I have twenty minutes of work in the morning, then an hour a little bit later, and then I gotta wait for an afternoon meeting, and that's my day. And mm-hmm. like, I really would rather my time is more valuable to me mm-hmm. than money at this point in my career, and so um, it makes me nervous. And I don't like working on my personal projects at at my day job. Yeah, um, for that same reason, um, but also because I I like I don't want my headspace to be. I kind of want to separate that out i'm not sure how valid a concern that is but i kind of like keeping those things apart oh no i can um, totally understand that yeah, yeah but i could see in a different like i mean you make it work really well yeah. so i could see but i don't think i'm in a position to do that as much mm-hmm. but on the like the question you were asking really is like when i'm when i'm working on a project where i need to be there for 10 hours and it's just and because it's due the next day and it's the client didn't get details till the last minute mm. those days are tough but like i i feel it you know i that's rewarding that's when I like my job. Hmm. Um, uh, and then I come home and I don't have any energy on my own projects. And that's when I hate my job. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it's not always, doesn't always work. There's, mm. there's always pluses and minuses. There's, there's no perfect day and there's no perfectly terrible day. Yeah. Uh, how about social lives though, guys? You guys have, do you find it difficult to like talk to people <laughs> when you're almost working 12 hours a day on various things? Well, I tricked two friends of mine to start a podcast. <laughs> so that's how I get that in. <laughs> and all of our listeners. <laughs> Maybe they're doing this while they're working on stuff. Too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's funny. Um, actually, I feel like a lot of me being here at Glitch and being able to work is part of the social aspect. Mm-hmm. Like to me, it's motivating to be around other people who are watching not necessarily watching me work but just there to like say hey are you working on stuff because if i'm at home i like to keep work home and work separate i don't like to go home and try to work on fidgets because mm-hmm. uh, i mean aside from uh, just random distractions being there tv and 
internet and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just hard because I'm just so used to relaxing there. I yeah. have, I like, I have my chamomile tea at home. <laughs> I don't have chamomile tea here. I specifically did that, <laughs> so I wouldn't have relaxing tea uh, at Glitch. <laughs> and so I, I don't know. It's it's kind of social for me to be able to work with people um, who are also working on games. Mm-hmm. It helps. I totally agree. I. It certainly the more involved I get in the, the the game dev community, the fewer of my other friends I see. Yeah, and yeah. that's a tragedy in a sense. But also, I I it's uh, it does feel very social to be around here because everybody has a different setup, and so even when we're all here at Glitch working on our own things, it doesn't feel it feels it feels it does feel pretty social. Mm-hmm. So it scratches that itch. Yeah. What about you, Martha? I have friends. <laughs> no, uh, um, I play D and D on Monday nights. Okay, that's pretty fun. And I also play Irish flute. And there's a big, big uh, Irish music community here in Minneapolis and yeah. St. Paul. Um, so I I, uh, I reserve Mondays and Tuesdays for those mm-hmm. friend groups. And then so that's what I've done is I've chunked out time specifically for socializing mm. and and that's helped me actually go and see other people because otherwise i would just hide in my house <laughs> um <laughs> and feel bad <laughs> um because actually even though i'm really quiet and i'm kind of an extrovert in that mm-hmm. like i i like hanging out with other people and when i'm uh feeling down and stuff it's hanging out with other people that will help me yeah me feel. too yeah yeah mm-hmm. i can't stand so. being at home on a weekend and not like being out with people that gets on my nerves. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like you say, you set aside time, you know, to do these and, and being of the regular. So that's nice. Like I know that, um, you know, I've started to invite people over to my place on Sundays to w- watch TV shows or movies. And that's been a nice regular thing. That's sort of helped. It's a lot of the same people in the, uh, the, that I hang out with at glitch during the day, but um, that's been nice. But I know I have a very difficult time. Like if I am, if I do go home, I, if, if I'm not working, I'm thinking about uh, what I'm going to do next on my game. And mm. I'm, 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 when I, and you've probably noted when I talk to people socially, I'm much more likely to talk about like work type things. Like mm. that's uh, because that's interesting and engaging to me. It's, I'm sometimes a little self-conscious about that, but um, I don't like, I like going out to dinner, but I don't go to bars. I don't go to concerts anymore. Like um, I'm a bit of a homebody in that sense, but I do like hanging around with people. Um, so structured social time is kind of, that's a thing that's nice. Yeah. You can make that work. Yeah. Um, but it makes, it does the idea of it makes me feel super old, Mm. you know? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. You get to a point, maybe you just have to do it. Yeah. Just, (laughs) I guess (laughs) this is such a sadder topic than I thought it would be. (laughs) Shoot. Yeah. Well, um, maybe something more hopeful. Um, you guys ever want to become full-time game devs instead? Of working? Oh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I want to start my own company someday. Yeah. That's that's what I want to do. Oh. Do web and games. Web to pay the bills and games to, for the thrills. (laughs) (laughs) Games for the thrills. (laughs) Write that down on a business card. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. One day I would like to be a full-time game dev too. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to figure out how to do that. I don't. I don't think I want to own my own company because that sounds like a lot of businessy things that I. Hey, it's a business. <laughs> yeah, I'm not adept at, um, and I don't think I'd be the best at. But, I mean, I don't know if that's the only way I could do it. 
it's hard mm-hmm. it's hard to find that uh, um around here i mean as, as large as this community is getting uh we still haven't really established solid businesses here in minnesota yet. that's true i mean we a lot of us have llcs yeah for tax purposes right, right. I, I do and that's that's fine but that's not the same thing as a proper business mm-hmm. um I know, it, and on, being entrepreneurial is much different than being artistic. And I think that, particularly because you know games are tech, yeah. um, it's hard, it's easy to forget that. Um, but I, I kind of know what you mean. It's like I would, I would love to be part of a small indie team that you know, even if it, even if it has to be apart from day jobs we have. Like I would be, I would love that, but I'm not super interested in the business part. Mm-hmm. And that is utterly not unique, right? We, yeah. we all, many of us, do feel that way. Yep. Um, you, you, you want the benefits you don't want to really put in the country. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I appreciate the, the, the sort of the uh, entitlement that some of us feel about wanting that, that situation for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, although, Martha, you probably have the gumption to make it work, I imagine. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we've talked about my topic enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should move on. All right. What, what do you got for us, Martha? Next topic is tools of the trade. Ooh. ooh. Yeah. The trade exciting. being game development. Game development in all, all of its form. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's a farming game. <laughs> yeah. So I thought we would go around and talk about some of our favorite game dev tools mm-hmm. um, in whatever type of um, genre, I guess, like not just programming or engines but like project management or art or um, some of those things then we can share them with our uh, listeners and um, yeah so cool okay uh, I guess I can start um, I can't say that this is my favorite program but I, source tree is very useful uh, I don't know git I know you know it pretty well Martha right uh, <laughs> as well yes, as, as, well as anyone that's the most confident answer you'll ever get from someone <laughs> on, on the subject of git yeah for real though <laughs> Um, but I mean, source tree is basically a visual, uh, version of that. Um, and so it's useful because uh, I'm not super into coding. Um, and, but I can, I can work as with a team and get different versions of the game in and merge together and stuff. It's very difficult to work with once before you like understood any of it. Cause I mean, all of this, all the version control mess is very confusing when you first start out. But mm-hmm. once you get in the swing of things, it's it's actually not that bad. Yeah. Every time you say "get," I'm just like giggling inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, "get's" not fun. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, Source Street makes that a lot easier. Um, I don't know what kind of programs you guys use uh, to do version control and stuff. I but, use Source Tree. Yeah. Um, that's the answer. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm a one man team for yeah. my stuff. So I use it for save states. Like yeah. I don't I don't know much about uh forking or or merge conflicts, like all the things that I mean, and I still have enough headaches with Git and all I do <laughs> is commit and push. Yeah. So, you know, but um but source tree is a great way to do that because it doesn't matter what tool you're using, um, you know, source tree source tree is agnostic to that, yep. which is kind of nice. Like rather than I know some people have like Unity plugins for that, or I use an Eclipse based editor for for my coding and it has a git plugin um and i used to before i used source tree i used that for commits and pushes and pulls and um but just having it in source tree is it, it just i don't know it feels a little cleaner i suppose yeah. the program's nice um that's helpful yeah 
you can see a nice visual representation of all your branches and yeah. all of them putting merging together and branching out from each other and stuff yeah. like that. It's pretty cool. Another one that I've found that's pretty cool uh, is called Grit Get Kraken. Get Kraken. Oh wow! Yeah. And its logo is like a squid thing. It's really cool. <laughs> you, I, wow, that's it's much, so great. Too much fun. <laughs> that's new, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a company called AxoSoft is making it. They're the okay. ones who did that um, ad campaign. It was never a dress, and they have the uh, like signs that would go on a woman's bathroom of like stick figure and a dress. But oh. they redrew it so that the dress is actually a cape. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So they're a pretty cool company, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, their program's pretty cool. They had when they first launched it, uh, Get Kraken. They had a competition where you would. I almost entered, but I didn't finish, like I only did half of it, but they had like a, a game competition. You could submit a game with the, if you used the get Kraken asset mm-hmm. in the like logo in your game and submitted it, you could win like a PlayStation 4 or something. Oh, snap. Yeah. You know, just hearing you say that, I, I, it's a pun. I didn't even realize that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's why I was like, it's too much fun that, that the logo is a Kraken. Get crack is. It's too much. Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> it's a little right out. <laughs> yeah, you, a little slow you, on that one. <laughs> did you find that uh, that that program is more convenient than Sorcery? Uh, it's nice because it has an undo button. Oh, oh my goodness! Right, I'm going to switch right now. Right. Wow, that's so useful. <laughs> so oh. if you make a horrible mistake, which is so easy to yes, do, yes, it is. Uh, you can click undo. Oh, and that, ju- and that just like abstracts what the, the git steps you would need to get back to where you were exactly that's fantastic so you don't have to remember the thing about git is in order to be able to use it you need to be I mean, even source tree abstracts a lot of it but then you'll never understand the real how it really works yeah so i don't know i mean i guess i'm happy to never know but yeah, uh, that's how i feel yeah <laughs> i'd rather just not figure that out <laughs> I love using Git on the command line. Maybe I'm the only person who loves. Maybe the only person. Well, if I could be the merge master for a company, I would be like really happy. Actually, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's really fun. Like finding all the uh, where all the conflicts are, and like the only annoying thing is Unity scene files. Oh goodness, yeah. Someone needs to come up with a a version control software that does scene files really well because if you they did i would pay so much money for it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah we've we've uh, taken to making all of our changes into separate scenes because it's just too it's too much of a hassle to do it uh otherwise if you work in the same scene you just have to figure all that out we there we downloaded a unity asset uh called unimerge uh and it worked for a little while but uh, it's just it's just not convenient enough it's just too much of a hassle you have to communicate with each other to figure out what the heck you made a change to and sometimes it's just a small thing. You just drag something in the scene and then deleted it. But then that causes it. it it's yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> it's annoying. So uh, are there any other tools that you use that you like? I suppose the Unity Asset Store is pretty cool. It's got a whole bunch of neat features. I mean, it's only useful if you're in Unity, of course. But um, there's just so many things that um, people have put onto the Asset Store that are, save so much time when you're working on projects. Uh oh shout out to Andy Korth and uh uh oh dear I don't remember Scott uh they worked they made the thing called uh super fast soft shadows um Findens uses that um abundantly um <laughs> sometimes they use this, they use us um as like 
a show off to see or to show people what you can do with it. And it, I mean, it's pretty cool uh, because it makes really nice shadows and lighting systems for the game. Uh, it's pretty, it's a neat system. Uh, and then there are other things. There's uh, this program called or the asset called uh, Rewired. Um, and since we're making a, mul- a multiplayer game, uh, it's really useful. It uh, allows you to uh, separate controllers uh, easily and put them into or put them into the multiplayer game. Uh, it's just really nice because you don't have to handle all of that on your end. Rewired does most of it for you, uh, and it's 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 super simple. And you can uh, like map out different key bindings and things. So if you wanted to make a, like, oh, I'm, I'm a left-handed person, want to make the controls different or something, or um, keyboard versus mouse versus control gamepad, um, it will handle all of that, and you can just mm-hmm. code it to switch between really easily. Yeah. Yeah, during uh, the Game Jam last year, Martha, you showed me Rewire, and I, I used that switching as a gameplay element so <laughs> to obfuscate our controls which yeah. is the point of that game. Um, it, was, it was fun to learn, and yeah, much better than Unity's default input, input system. Although they've since updated it, but I don't know if it's, you know. Rewired uh, for life. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going back. <laughs> what about you, Martha? Do you use any fancy tools? Well... I want to, yeah, I, I've been playing around with some new art stuff lately. Um, and I found this program that I really, really like called Magic of Oxel. Mm-hmm. Talked about a little bit about it at the beginning. Basically, it's Legos on your computer. What? It's great. It's, you get these little blocks of color and you can just place them wherever you want. And um, then they also have this really cool rendering engine. Um, so you click render and then you can like, pick different colors and say like, oh, I want these blocks to glow. And you can give them like all these different properties Ooh. for the lights. Hmm. And, uh, and then like you can have uh, different like ambient lighting and around it and stuff. So you can do a lot of cool effects. Um, and it's really fun. It's just so easy to pick up and mm-hmm. make something cool. And so. Oh, that, yeah, that does sound pretty nice. Is it, have you used Blender or 3D Max before? I uh, yeah, I played around a little bit with Blender, and then I used 3D Max in the immersion program. Oh right, yeah. Did you find that uh, those tools are, or the this this voxel program is much simpler to use than the? Yes, it's very accessible. If you've never done anything in 3D, it's perfect because it's basically you can play Minecraft except you have complete control over color and and all that sort of thing. So it's much more easy to get up to speed with making. Uh, developer art or just cool like oh, it's so cute like all the <laughs> stuff you make in it is so cute and square um so making 3d stuff is definitely less intimidating and it's like it feels like a game <laughs> and a tool that you can make art in so that's that's good design if it feels like a game mm-hmm. huh. that sounds like a really useful game des- or game jam tool too yes you yeah, could do the same thing yeah. yeah you can do um prototypes really fast mm-hmm. in it you can make a whole prototype of the like the whole level if you like like miniature yeah i know in game jam environments or prototyping like i'm i'm it's harder to get started with 3d just because like the asset creation is a lot more involved yeah and it seems like that's a really great shortcut even if you don't intend to have a voxel style in your final project mm-hmm. yeah so mark yeah. i know that you have a very different uh, workflow than the rest of us. Yeah, I think it's because my background is really different. Um, when I was younger, I used uh, a Mac, then Macromedia Flash for a lot of things. So, 
Yeah, uh, <laughs> shout out. Um, and it, that, that's what taught me the programming as well. It taught me, um, taught me vectors, it taught me animation, and it taught me programming with ActionScript 2, that old uh, standby. Um, but ActionScript 3 is a, a, a fully object-oriented language. It's very much like Java or C Sharp. Um, and so I, I'm using that to, for my, my game Metro Nexus. I guess you'd call it a flash game, but it's interesting because it's like that is such a loaded term these days, right? Mm, yeah. um, the, the engine I'm actually working with is Adobe Air, so it it's a, it's creates desktop software, uh, but it's very similar to Flash, but it's not a web game or anything like that. And um, so I still use um, what is now called Adobe Animate. Um, it's sort of an agnostic vector design animation tool. So it's um, like... Uh, film studios use it like uh, uh, children's TV shows particularly are like really invested in that as workflow. And um, so um, I, I use it as a drawing tool. I use it as a development tool. I could, I'll create game objects like uh, buttons, uh, UI components, things like that. And then the objects themselves get exported as a binary file that has um, logic in it. So it's a visual object that has its own set of logic. And then that I can then pull in with my, in my text editor when I'm coding my game. Um, and so it saves, it's really efficient for um, saving me a lot of time. Uh, so now I, I have a button API in my, my application where I just write one line of code to describe what a button looks like um, with all these different variables. And it loads in this binary object that I've exported out of Adobe Animate. So I, I'm kind of gushing about huh. it because it's, it's incredibly intuitive for a designer developer, which is really what I am. And um, getting used to Unity over the past year has been interesting because it's it's very very different, but it has a lot of the same affordances. Um, but yeah, so I come from the film world, so uh, After Effects, uh, Premiere, lots of um, uh, 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 Photoshop, that kind of the the Adobe uh, Creative Suite. That's still like where I do most of my work um, across a bunch of different disciplines. It's been very flexible to me, and I'm I'm definitely a believer in the sort of this the the sort of suite mentality, which is. Um, it can be painful at first, you know, to buy a big bunch of software, but I bought the creative suite years and years ago for premiere for video editing and for flash. Those are the two things I wanted to do, but it came with Photoshop, it came with illustrator, it came with after effects. And now I use all of those things huh. and, um, having them in front of you is very important. I think it's, um, I meet a lot of people who they get really good at the tools they have, but it's very difficult to learn new tools, um, because they don't have access to them. Right. And it's. Yeah, I suppose that helps. It does. It's, I don't know, but it's really, it's hard to recommend. So I'm a little of two minds about it, but it's definitely helped me jump from discipline to discipline. Um, and it, I mean, it's been invaluable for that fact. If, if, if it didn't become cost effective, because I need, I need three pieces of this software and it was just cheaper for me to buy all 10, you know? <laughs> and that's all, that was the point. But then suddenly I now had access to these and they, you know, um, it, it, it um, opens up your imagination a little bit. You know, they, there's the phrase uh, when you're when you all you have is a hammer, everything is a nail. Yeah, um, that's definitely true with these kinds of tools. And the more you get, the more familiar you get with more things, the more likely you are coming with creative solutions to problems. Huh. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, I really want to do like a whole show on Flash. It's like, <laughs> oh, I definitely think we should. It's one of those things that I, it's such an interesting history of game development, and but it also has this other history as. Um, as like a web technology, it was for a while. It was all things to all people. Then it was nothing to nobody, and it's very interesting. Um, but the one tool I will say, I've went on a long time about this. But the one thing I wanted to get around to saying is the the, I, the specific um, library I use for my action game, which is called Citrus Engine. So if you're making an Adobe Air a game, 
I would highly recommend Citrus Engine. It's a, it's a state manager. So in Unity, you have scenes, right? Um, in, uh, in, actions, in ActionScript project, it's, it's all object-oriented. You have to sort of build your own webbing. But Citrus Engine is a great way to um, define um, uh, states. So actually, in the newest version, they are called scenes as well. You have an object that's a scene. You just, it's a level. You describe everything about the level. And then when the level's over, you just run one line that says dispose of level, go to the next one. And so it makes object cleanup a lot easier. Um, you know, it, it, um, it handles, um, it handles the physics engines that you can put in uh, Box2D or Nape, which are both popular 2D physics engines. Um, but yeah, that's the one I recommend. If you're still making Adobe Air games, and I might be one of the last, uh, Citrus <laughs> Engine's a great, a great tool for them. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Well, we asked uh, our, our friends on Twitter and on Facebook and on uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul game dev Slack, but yep. it's for anybody in the area um, about what some of their favorite tools are. Ooh. And we got some really good responses. So I'm going to read some of those uh, that we got. So and Steven's going to look them up so we know what they are. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Nick Miller says uh, Unity and the Asset Store are on the top of my list, followed closely by Stack Overflow. <laughs> That's a great. We have not talked about those types of resources. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, true. just like knowledge resources. Stack mm-hmm. Overflow is really useful, but also the Unity uh, forums have a lot of cool resources, too. Definitely. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if there's a tool you use, find its official or unofficial forums or on Reddit. A lot of these still have subreddits mm-hmm. and, and visit regularly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Supermoose says, <laughs> even if I'm going to abandon Adobe Flash for main development after my current project is done, I think it remains my favorite tool for prototyping. It has a lot of the same draggable object conveniences that Unity offers, but you can literally draw your stand-in art right on the screen for static pieces. So if you want to give something a try, it's easy to prototype a full-feel screen in under an hour. Yeah. So they agree with that's, you. Yeah, that's kind of that's the, that's the, that's the cell I'm making for it. <laughs> yep. It also will say, like, it's great for prototyping in the sense that I know that a lot of people have an instinct to make a prototype and then build it out into a full thing. But what you should be doing is throwing away your prototype. Mm-hmm. And, and that's so if you're using Flash for that, uh, particularly the timeline uh, editor, um, it's very easy to throw that away, right? If you will then move on to Unity. Yeah. Eric Newshouse says, I'm a longtime Construct 2 user. So shout out to that. But as for something a bit more general, something that everyone would benefit from in any environment versus a game engine itself, shout out to BFXR for making great, quick sound effects. Yeah, that's another thing we haven't talked about, sound. Oh, um, sure. Are any of us sound people? <laughs> I'm a bit of a sound person by necessity. Um, another one of those things I had access to and just started doing. Um, I use Reason for uh, composing music because it's a great MIDI editor, and so I don't need to worry about recording or actual wave files i just create midi and i use it has a bunch of great built-in instruments um it's a very much an all-in-one thing for a, for a an audio editor so i i would recommend a reason i don't know this uh this the one that he mentioned though. bfxr yeah well it it makes a bunch of sound effects i'm looking at it right now okay uh i mean i guess maybe ooh, we, i mean this is a podcast we could probably have some examples on the podcast maybe you're asking me to edit in some things? not necessarily <laughs> but but Steven, I, don't ask of me of things it's <laughs> no um on their website um bfxr is an elaboration of the glorious sfxr the program of choice for many people looking to make sound effects for computer games uh they've they've moved in the direction of increased complexity and range of expression 
So it just sounds like it's very flexible. You just have to figure out how it works first. Oh, okay, neat. But it sounds cool. It's and it's, it seems it's very specific for that purpose. Yes. Yep. 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 I don't know a lot about Construct either. Do you guys are you familiar with that? I know people a lot. Of, it's very popular, right? Uh, I am not familiar with it. No. Um, Neither am I. It looks like it's an HTML5 game creator specifically made for 2D games. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Another great one of those is um, uh, called Superpowers. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool because you can um, make, it's really great for platformers because you can make the uh, tile sets really easily. So yeah. if you put it all, uh, a sprite sheet with all of the different sprites you need for your tiles, mm-hmm. you can do drag and drop. Um, from the grid into the game screen, and then it exports all into HTML, and so you can just have it on your web page. Nice, it's really cool. Um, so if that's similar, then that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Have to look that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abdurak said uh, another sound thing: a Garage Band was super simple to pick up and make music in if you don't have a pro composer to help out. <laughs> yeah, and that's like free on every Mac, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a great way to get started. That Abnuak was on my uh, immersion program mm-hmm. cohort, and that's how he made all his music was through GarageBand. Oh, nice! That's so, awesome. Yeah, uh, there's another free one called Reaper. Uh, that's uh, it's like a premium. Like the, after a while, they ask you to pay, but you never have to. Um, I use that's that's <laughs> Winrar. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, that's cross platform. So if you're on a PC and you want a free uh, DAW, that's a pretty good one. Cool. Uh, August Brown says Trello. Speaking as a project manager. Uh, which That's useful. Trello is yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I know, Martha, you're itching to talk about Agile. <gasps> uh, I, I could go on. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that on another show, but uh, Trello is a big part of if you're a small uh, team, uh, a very simple way to make that work. Yep. Um, I use Trello for my to-dos, and I'm, I don't, I'm like I, maybe a quarter Agile. I don't, I don't really know <laughs> enough about it, but it's useful. It's better than just a to-do list for sure. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very useful for organizing the different tasks that everyone needs to do mm-hmm. and figuring out where, where you are along on those tasks. Uh, and then he also said, August also says, also, Pixel Edit is super great, yeah. spelled with a Y, mm. which I've heard a lot of people talk about. Yeah. It seems like a really cool program. It seems a lot like uh, Magic of Voxels except for pixels, so not 3D, 2D. Um, and you can, uh, I recently picked it up in a, one of the Humble Bundles, mm-hmm. and um, you can, uh, it just lays the whole drawing screen into a grid, and then you click pixels to turn them the color you want. Oh, and nice. It's really, really fun. That's great. You know, speaking of Humble Bundle, that's another one that they will do uh, Humble Indie Dev bundles for 15, 20 bucks or whatever, and you get a ton of like tile sets, tools like Game Maker uh, expansions, stuff like that. That's like, keep your eye out for those if you have like, you know, only a couple of nickels to rub together and a lot of ambition. Like, you get a bunch of stuff and then that, that can give you a lot of opportunity to try new things. It's true. Mm-hmm. Jerry Tron says, VS Code, uh, which I think is Visual Studio Code. Yeah, the new- it's their simple, it's sort of like, it's like Sublime Text, but from Microsoft. Um, okay. I mean, if you're not familiar with either of those, maybe it doesn't make any sense. But it's a it's a code editor. Uh, it's cross platform, uh, Mac, Windows, Linux, um, and it interfaces well with Big Boy Visual Studio. Um, and it's a it's a pretty new project for Microsoft, and uh, a lot, it's getting a lot of a lot of rave reviews. It's good for web development. It's good for any anything you need a text editor or coding environment for. It's fairly flexible. Nice. <laughs> Digitalistic says. Would you accept Unity Asset Store as a valid response? <laughs> <laughs> we would, because I answered that too. We have, yeah. we have a couple times now, for sure. Yeah. 
So yes, that definitely counts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, the difference between tools and resources, like even though there is a real difference, you often are thinking of them in the same thought. Mm -hmm. And there's no surprise why. Finally, we have Adia who says... You mean former guest? Former guest, Adia Alderson. Wow, it's so cool to hear from her. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She says, I like ink slash inkle. Surprise, surprise. Um, (laughs) And Ren, is it pronounced Ren P? Ren Pi. Ren Pi. Which are both for making narratives and narrative-based games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did, I did check the link that she sent for RenPy. It's uh, for visual novels. Cool. Yes. Um, it looks pretty cool. It looks flexible as well. I didn't look too deeply, but if you're into narrative stuff, those are great. Uh, Adia is the one to know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Definitely. Yeah. And, and uh, it's, I mean, anyone who's with StoryForge, Abdewak, and... Yes. Um, Bobby Brace. Bobby Brace. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and, and if you want to find more tools... Uh, Beth has been, oh, yeah. another former guest, has been tweeting at, under the uh, Midwest Game Jam uh, mm-hmm. on Twitter, all a resource every week. So that's a great account to follow if you want ideas or new tools to, to use. So, Oh, boy, you guys are getting a treat tonight. This is a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> these, these show notes are going to be a mile long. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, I want to talk a little bit about code editors, though, quickly before we yes. go. I mean, I, I know I spend my, the most of my own time in a code editor. Uh, what do you guys use? Uh, I'm using Visual Studio right now because mm-hmm. it came with Unity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it used to be MonoDevelop. And I mean, I basically just take whatever they use, sure, or whatever sure. they give me. I think I'm the only person in the world who loves MonoDevelop. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you a couple times tell people that, and they all look at you like, what, Martha? <laughs> And that's the, I know, so the look on your face. You're like, but it's great. <laughs> no one believes me. Oh, well, you're on a Mac. It's true. So that's oh. part of it, I imagine. Mm. Yeah. So it, uh, until recently, mm-hmm. it was the only uh, thing available for Unity stuff. But um, I, I like it. You can, t- all the shortcut stuff is mm-hmm. there. And is, uh, it was the first thing I used to like, figure out how to put breakpoints into your code so you can have your code run until you hit the breakpoint and then stop. And then you can see where all your variables are at that point yeah. for debugging and stuff. Um, so I, I, I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that hits on an important point is like for a tech that are the important thing is you want is you want, um, you want uh, the, the documentation built in, you want code completion, you want code hinting, and they all pretty much do it. There's, um, there's very few bad choices, I would say. Not that I have a ton of experience with a lot of them, but like, I haven't heard a lot of people hate on a code editor. So, um, I've right. heard some bad things about MonoDevelop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. Uh, I think people just like Visual Studio better. It's a little more robust. Mm-hmm. But I suppose if you're u- doing a Unity project, you you spend a fair amount of time in there, but probably just in the text. You probably don't use a lot of the features that. Um, Visual Studio gives you. So yeah. it might be overkill for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah that's how I feel. Even on my PC, I mm-hmm. use MonoDevelop because oh, sure. I, just, I, I don't need all of the web stuff or any of the other stuff that Visual Studio does. That's yeah, true. Yeah. It does feel like a lot of clutter a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all, Visual Studio is a large package, takes a while to load. So there's, you know, there's always the, there's the friction of it sometimes, I imagine, if you want to get up and going. I'm really excited because uh, JetBrains, I use a lot of their uh, code editors um, for web stuff mm-hmm. um, and they're coming out with a, a c-sharp editor that will have unity integration stuff so nice. that's going to be cool yeah. i mean it's that sort of stuff you have to pay for unless you're a student but uh 
if you can get your company to pay for it. It's <laughs> uh, really great. Or if you're a student. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, the one I use in mind is an Eclipse-based editor. It's, uh, it's called Flash Builder. So it's uh, from Adobe. It's specifically for ActionScript projects. Um, and I'm so, like, it, it basically it's just Eclipse, basically. It's just got a couple of extra pieces to it. Um, but it hasn't been updated since 2012. <laughs> so oh. I can't really recommend it. Even if you're working in ActionScript, there's other, I think, more modern options. Um, I think there is, uh, I think the, just the basic JetBrains editor has ActionScript, uh, like a plugin you can use for that. Um, there's also um, uh, FDT, I think is the name of it, and then which is I think a, a Eclipse plugin, and then there's Flash Develop. Like there are some third-party ones that um, have kept development going, whereas Adobe is is, uh, is is happy to let you work in the code panel of Adobe Animate, which is fairly limited. You need a for for my for my taste, you need a full IDE, and um, but I've just been using it for so long that I'm kind of just stuck. Um, so when I do use uh, Visual Studio on a Unity project, I'm like, man, it's, it's a grass is always greener scenario, perhaps, but like, it's nice. <laughs> I'm kind of just, uh, I'm, it's not breaking on me. Works fine. Got code completion. Eclipse is fine, but it's it's an old version of Eclipse. <laughs> One old program that I really like, uh, I'm not sure if it's still in development or not, but it's called View, V-U-E, Visual Understanding Environment, mm-hmm. and it's uh, mind mapping software. Um, so it's really good for mapping out uh, narratives and games or um, uh, anything really. Yeah. Uh, level design or, or uh, yeah, it's really, really cool program. That sounds really useful. Yeah. And it's free. So mm-hmm. uh, it's made by Tufts University and oh, neat. they hopefully will still be updating it, but the last date yeah. on it is 2015. So, oh, well, yeah. but um, it's still works and is really great. Well, there's other, I mean, like for note taking, I mean, Trello is good for like tracking things, right? But Mm -hmm. um, I use Google Keep uh, for note taking during playtests. And when I need to jot down something quickly, because I can do it on my phone. So wherever I am, and then that just syncs wherever. Uh, Evernote, other things like that. OneNote that Microsoft makes is also very good. Um, It's really good with, um, you have a touch-based tablet or the stylus. You can, you know, the sketching is really fun with that one. My brother uses OneNote all the time. He uses it to take notes in class and stuff Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of good options. I think that we have, I mean, this world has a lot of good options these days. Like, Mm -hmm. there's no, there's not, I think what, I know that when I'm looking for, to do something new and I want recommendations, it can be very difficult. You're like, because people say, oh, I like this, 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 or this. And you're like, well, which one do I, should I use? And it's tough to recommend to people to like try them all because that's like, takes a ton of time. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you want an easy way out, just pick one and go for it. Because there's very few bad options for a lot of these different categories. I mean, yeah, I can't think of a lot of mistakes you can make, really. <laughs> yeah. A lot, of, a lot of useful tools. Mm-hmm. You'll see in the description. Yeah. <laughs> and if you think of more uh, that we don't have on our list or, uh, and you want to give a shout out to, uh, tweet at us and let us know. Yeah, for sure. That's our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app. And be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or are nice like us. Need those reviews, guys. It's really important for shows like ours to get noticed. So if you've been listening for long enough, now's the time to tell your friends to write us a review. Spread that word. All right. We also want to hear directly from you. So follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club. Let us know how we're doing. Send us your topics and ask us your questions. Lastly, you can find out more about the show and your nice host, as well as get all the links and notes, all of the notes, all of the notes, <laughs> so all of the notes, so many notes. <laughs> from this episode at nicegames.club. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.